Oh, good morning, church. Good morning, friends. It's great to be with you on this Christmas weekend. I hope that your time with your family and friends was sweet and rich and full of a sense of God's love and of God's grace. We're thrilled to gather with you on this Christmas Sunday morning and worship together for a little bit, reflect together on Christmas. We're going to do that in the next few minutes. But I want to invite you right now to just let yourself remember that the babe in the manger is God come near, God with us, God come that we might know him. I want to invite you as Pastor Weston sings to just reflect on that reality. Let your heart open up to Christmas once again. What child is this who lay to rest on Mary's lap? Is sleeping. Whom angels greet with anthems sweet, while shepherds watch our keeping. This, this is Christ the King. Shepherds guard and angels sing. Haste, haste to bring him love, the babe, the son of Mary. Why lies he in such mean a state where ox and lamb are feeding? Good Christian fear for sinners here. The silent word is pleading. So bring him incense, gold, and myrrh. Come, peasant king, to own him. The king of kings salvation brings. Let loving hearts enthrone Him. And oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and ever pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope. The Rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn.
Christ was born, yes, oh night, divine, oh night, oh night, All creation grows For a world in darkness Frozen like a stone Light is breaking In a stable for a throne And He shall reign Forevermore, forevermore shall reign forevermore, forevermore. Unto us a child is born, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and He shall reign forevermore, forevermore. Here within a manger lies the one who made the starry skies, this baby born for sacrifice, Christ the Messiah. Into our hopes, into our fears, the Savior of the world appears, the promise of eternal years, Christ the Messiah. And He shall reign forevermore, Forevermore, yes, He shall reign forevermore, forevermore. Unto us a child is born, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and He shall reign forevermore, forevermore. Yes, He shall reign. Forevermore, forevermore. Lord, we worship you there in the manger, recognizing that your greatness is in your tenderness and your smallness, as well as your power. We crown you as king in our hearts this Christmas weekend. We thank you for the gift of your Son given freely to us that we might know your love. God, we are grateful and we worship with the wise men, with believers all over the world, with believers a thousand years ago, a thousand years from now. We praise you, we glorify you, and we thank you for this gift of Christmas. We do that together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. There's a great line in that last song that Weston was singing. It says, Here in a manger lies the maker of the starry skies. I just never get over that. The Bible says that the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. 
God entering our world. That's the Christmas story. But I want to reflect for a little bit with you this morning on the, on the second half of that sentence. The first part of it says the Word became flesh there in John chapter 1. And of course, what it's telling us is, is that when God desired to communicate who He is to us, He became a human being. Jesus is the Word. He became flesh. But the second half of it says He made His dwelling among us. I want to invite you to reflect on that for a moment, what that means. Sometimes when we think of God coming to us, we think of him coming to do a thing, to fix a thing, to repair a thing, kind of like a, a plumber coming to the house to stop the water from leaking or, or even a counselor coming to our home to help our marriage. But the Bible says that God didn't just come to do a thing, to fix a thing. He came and made his dwelling among us. That is, he came to live with us, to move in, to become part of our lives from the inside out. You know, the Bible tells us at the end of the story of God's redemption, the end there in Revelation, that, that our destiny is to make our dwelling with him. And the idea there in John chapter 1 is that God comes to make his dwelling among us. You know, in all the build-up and hustle and bustle of Christmas, we get captured by the spectacle, and that's right and good, and we should. But then in the wake of the celebration, sometimes we put all those things away as if it's a, a done thing, and now we move on. But that verse is telling us, John chapter 1, verse 14, that God wants to make his dwelling among us. Let me invite you to reflect on that for a few minutes. And let me invite you to reflect on it this way. Are, are, are you any good at making small talk? <laughs> I'm not. Um, I mean, I've learned how to do it, and so I can pretend, and everybody thinks that it's natural, but, or at least a lot of people think it's natural, but the, the reality is that my nature is not good at small talk. When when I was a young man and I would enter a room with a lot of people making small talk, I would tend to clam up. I'm like, look, if we're not going to talk about anything meaningful, if we're not going to get deep and real right here and now, well, I'll just be quiet and listen. But when I got married, I began to learn about the power of small talk. You know, when uh, Rhonda's family would get together for the holidays like we just did this Christmas, there was a part of me when I was young that would just dread it because I would say, Rhonda, all we're going to do is sit around and talk about nothing for hours on end. We can never get anybody to do anything. It's just kind of a sitting around and talking. And, and I would say, that just drives me crazy. And, and in a way, it really did. But you know, as the years began to go by, I started to learn something about small talk from my wife's family. I started to learn that, that that small talk is a beloved, treasured way of being together. I started to understand that what her family delighted in so much was just being with each other. They didn't have to accomplish anything. They didn't have to achieve anything. They didn't have to set goals and conquer them. That was kind of my default. No, they just wanted to be together. And I began to understand that love is like that. It wants to be 
together. God at Christmas comes not just to do something for us, not even just to do something in us, but to be with us, to make his dwelling among us. You know, the Bible tells us that our God is a trinity. That is a holy mystery, unlike any other faith in our world. He is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Not, not three gods, three persons, but one God. As I said, it's a, it's a holy mystery. But at the root of it lies the reality that we experience God as a community when we are communal, when we are engaged with other people, when we make our dwelling together. Now, the scripture says that when God created all the things of our world, each stage of that creation, the Bible says he pronounced it good. Created the birds and the fish, pronounced it good. Created the animals, pronounced it good. Created the stars, the ocean, pronounced it good. But strikingly, Genesis tells us that when it got to Adam, he created Adam in his own image. And then he said this, it's not good. Now, the ladies joke that, of course, it's not good because the guy's not a gal. But that's not what God was saying in that moment. <laughs> he was saying it's not good for this man to be singular, alone, unlike God in that way. And so the Bible says he divided man into male and female and brought them together. And then he said that's good. What was he doing? He was moving man to a communal reality. He was giving man, male and female, to make their dwelling together. And God seeks for us to experience that same kind of life. You know, if you've ever been around a, a couple that has been happily married for decades and decades, you find that they, they share a kind of intimacy that is just uh, impossible to reproduce without all that time spent together. They know one another's thoughts. They share one another's feelings. They anticipate one another's moods. Ron and I are coming up on 40 years married, and that's very much our reality. God comes to make his dwelling among us so that we might experience his kind of life. And here's, here's how he wants to lead you and I in that. He wants us to make our dwelling with one another. Amen. In the same way that he comes to make his dwelling with us, he invites us, he calls us to make our dwelling with one another in our families, in our churches. You know, as we move into this new year in the wake of Christmas, let me invite you to understand that what God wants you to do is learn to make your dwelling with your fellow believer. Learn to embrace them as your family in the fullest and most eternal sense of that word. That's his desire for us, that we would make our dwelling with one another. Listen to what the Bible tells us in 1 John chapter 4 about this reality. Uh, listen for just a moment. Here, here's what the scripture says to us. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who has been born of God and knows God loves Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him, that we might through fellowship with him experience life the way God intends. 
No one has ever seen God, the Bible says, in his completeness, in his fullness. But if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Hear that again. If we love one another, if we make our dwelling with one another, then God lives in us. God comes to life in our experience. Friends, the will of God for us as followers of Jesus is that we might make our dwelling with one another because through that we experience Him. Maybe you've fallen into the habit of, of thinking of, of gathering with your fellow believers for worship at church as a kind of uh, you know, a, a franchise experience, as a kind of once-a-week exception to the norm. God wants to invite you instead in your heart to make your dwelling among your fellow believers, to make your dwelling in your church, to allow yourself to experience Him through our gathering together. You know, Ron and I will be eternally grateful for a couple who, when we were new believers, Ron and I grew up unchurched, began to attend church only shortly after we were married. And there was a couple in that church, Larry and Irma, who just immediately reached out and took us in. They were older than us. Uh, they were established. They were strong believers, had grown up in God, were way ahead of us in so many ways. But they invited us into their lives. They invited us to their home. They invited us into their ministry. They served in children's church. They led the children's church. And they pulled us in and they said, hey, do this with us. And, and some of the most treasured memories of our lives come from those years that we spent working with Larry and Irma. And we learned so much from them, not in the sense that they would sit down and teach us as a teacher teaches a student in a classroom. No, it was our dwelling together. It was our small talk. It was our conversations and our lunches and our afternoons watching the game. In all of those things, God poured his life into us. Larry and Irma remain dear and treasured friends to us this day. But we will always feel like we owe them more than, than we ever gave them because they did what God did. They made their dwelling with us. As we move in to 2022, can I invite you? Can I invite you to hear God inviting you to make your dwelling in your church, to make your dwelling among your fellow believers so that you would experience the fullness of his life. That's what the scripture says. We experience his life. We experience him as we love one another. You know, I want to share one more story with you. It's a story of a couple of ladies named Lydia and Clara. Lydia and Clara were music teachers all their lives and loved music, both played piano, taught children, and their great joy was to help kids experience music. Their great joy was music itself and sharing that with others. As they grew older and, and lost their husbands, both Lydia and Clara experienced strokes. And as a result of that health adversity, Lydia lost the use of her right hand, most of the right side of her body actually. Clara lost the use of her left hand. And as a consequence, neither could play the piano anymore. 
and at the nursing home in Pennsylvania where they were spending the last few years of their journey to their real home. The attendants noticed that both Lydia and Clara were depressed, were sad, were empty of the kind of joy of life that, that they had once known. One of the attendants there came up with an idea. She said, I wonder if we could teach Lydia and Clara to play piano together. Lydia with her good hand, Clara with her good hand. And so they introduced the ladies to each other and invited them to begin to sit at the piano and a beautiful thing happened. They both learned to play together. They knew the same music. Neither of them could speak well, but they began to understand each other intuitively. And they began to play together week after week to the joy of everyone there, to their own intense joy. All the songs they had known and loved for a lifetime, but they played them together, one with her right hand, one with her left, the only way they could. And in that, they found a friendship they didn't even know was possible. God wants us to have that, friends. He comes to make his dwelling among us that we would learn to make our dwelling among each other. You know what God wants to do in your life next year? He wants to build friendships. He wants to build friendships in your life. They happen as we worship together. They happen as we serve together. They happen as we open our hearts in what Christians call hospitality to one another. God invites you to experience him in this new year as we love one another, to make your dwelling among others as he makes his dwelling among us. There's a million different ways that can happen. I want to invite you to ask the Lord how that can happen in your life, that you might experience all that he has for you. Pastor Weston's going to close us with another song just in a moment. As he sings, let's reflect on what it means to have God dwell among us and us to dwell among each other. He came upon a midnight clear The glorious song of old From angels bending near the earth To touch their harps of gold Peace on the earth, goodwill to men from heaven's all gracious King. The world in solemn stillness lay to hear the angels sing. Yes. And he Beneath life's crushing load Whose forms are bending low Who toil along the climbing way With painful steps and slow Look now for glad and golden hours Come swiftly on the wing 
beside the weary road and hear the angels sing. Oh, and hear the angels sing. And hear the angels sing. Thanks, Weston. Friends, let's not rush out of this Christmas weekend. I bet there's someone near you, even this weekend, that you can open your life to. Yeah. God makes his dwelling among us. He's here to make small talk with you. He's here to live with us. Let us enter into the reality of who he is by making our dwelling with one another. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you for what you have done and are doing at Christmas. We thank you for coming to dwell in our hearts when we receive you as our Savior. We thank you for dwelling among us as we worship and serve and make small talk together. God, we ask your blessing on us in this way, in this new year, that we might learn to make our dwelling with one another. Thank you for your heart at Christmas. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now may the love of God the Father, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of his Holy Spirit go with you into this holiday week. In Jesus' name, amen.